Hello and welcome to the 1909, the podcast that takes an in-depth look into some of the state news's biggest stories and the reporters who wrote them. I'm Case DeConan. As coronavirus cases rise on MSU's campus and restrictions on social gatherings have strengthened, members of the Spartan community have looked to Greek life as the culprit. Following a citywide order, 25 fraternities and sororities have been put under lockdown with all members forced to quarantine inside. Some leaders of the Greek life community have spoken out, saying they felt blindsided by a lack of proper warning from the city. I have with me Hannah Brock and Joe Dandron, Cops and Courts reporter and senior city reporter for the State News to discuss the Greek life coronavirus situation. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, being here with me. So how did you come across this story in the first place? What put it on your radar? This, how this story came across our plate was, I mean, obviously the Ingham County Health Department, you know, puts out an order. And, you know, then all these places get quarantined, right? 30, I think initially it was 23 or something. And then they took two off the list, added nine or something. So there's about 30 of them. Um, it was mostly Greek life they were named in the thing, um, the which fraternity or sorority that they were. And then there was also a lot of, you know, additional properties that were not listed under any affiliation with Greek life, but you can assume that those might have been annexes that were attached or affiliated with Greek life indirectly. Um, so like an annex house, one they have next door to the normal frat house or whatever. So that comes in and then, you know, a bunch of people start being like, it's, you know, I start hearing some stuff, you know, maybe it's, are they targeting the fraternities? I don't know if you can really say that, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, then there's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's a big deal. You're telling all these properties, these large houses with 20, 30, you know, people in some cases, 40 people and um, to quarantine and stay inside for two weeks. One thing that I thought that was brought to my attention by somebody I know um, was that release from the health department, MSU wasn't involved, wasn't in it. And which was strange because I feel like had before that they had been. So it was like, did the university have any idea that this was going to happen? That was my question. And, you know, it turns out that they kind of expected something would be coming from the health department. I mean, that's kind of like what the start of it was. And then from there, we're trying to get in touch with Greek life people. No one wants to talk. Some people might not be able to. Are they allowed to? There's a lot of questions. Um, It's pretty hard to get in touch with some people. But, you know, eventually we're able to get in touch with one fraternity president. Right. I mean, I think one of the big things was that after the first, um, after the first like property ordered quarantine, and then after the moratorium, there was a lot of focus on fraternities and sororities and trying to figure out were they partying? What were they doing? What was their reasoning for that? After the moratorium story, I tried to get in contact with um, fraternities to try and have them explain why they voted against it. I didn't know if it was something to do with like maybe there were different parts in the moratorium that it wasn't just partying. Maybe there were other different rules that they didn't agree with. Um, I never got through to anyone. Um, the fraternity president we cited in our in our story was the only one that ever really talked. Um, but yeah, I think that's why it was important because we wanted to give the fraternities at least someone from Greek life to speak to this because we had not had any of that. And I'm not sure if we will get any more of that um, because we're really not sure of the situation with talking. But did you reach out to a lot of Greek presidents and not many of them really got back to you besides Mr. Welch? Yeah, I mean, I reached out directly and I I have a buddy who's on the board of a fraternity who passed on the president of the IFC 
I think it's the interfraternal council or something like that. Um, the president of that, Daniel Wolf, he never ever responded. I say, okay, he can't talk in front of that time. Okay, I'll respond in an email comment. I sent him an email, never hear back from him. Um, and he was the president of the IFC. So if anybody is going to be able to talk, it was going to be him. Never heard back from um, the MSU's like director of Greek life. Um, the university has like someone who kind of oversees everything. Never heard back from him. Um, a lot, most of the presidents or people in fraternities and sororities that I did speak to never heard back. Um, a lot of people never responded to voicemails, whatever. Um, and, you know, in some ways, I kind of assumed that that was going to happen. Um, someone did pass on one president who was pretty outspoken about it and wanted to go on the record, and he did. And he had a lot to say. You know, um, he, you know, I mean, obviously, among the things he said, you know, like, we are at fault, of course, but also isn't just us. So that was the hard part about that, you know, is that you're going, you're trying to talk to all these people, you're interviewing all these people, making so many calls. And so many people just aren't, you don't really know why, but they're not talking. They're not. Mm. And if you're not allowed to talk, that's fine. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to care. But if you said that, maybe it would make my life easier, right? So that's kind of the, that was the interesting part about this story for me was just like reaching out to all these people. In some cases, people who knew people I knew really well, you know, I just got put in touch with some people who I didn't really know. And, you know, and they still weren't willing to talk. And um, so that was interesting because no one ever really said why. Uh, what was it like interviewing Mr. Welch? Do you think that he was, you said he was quite eager to give information. Did he seem guilty? What was his mood going into the meeting? And, you know, a nice guy on the, over the phone. Um, I think guilty might be the wrong word to use when kind of referring to his tone. Um, I think definitely is. You know, I don't think he felt guilt, you know, because I don't think that he necessarily, I mean, yeah, because I think he's a, he seemed like a pretty self-aware guy. But at the same time, you know, um, talking to him, he was realistic about the situation and he, you know, I mean, and, and that was just kind of where he was coming from. Um, he said that they had really no idea that it was going to happen, which I thought was very interesting that it was kind of like a blind side to not just the presidents, but also some people involved with the IFC, um, which seems surprising that the health department wouldn't approach them at all beforehand. And Ryan Welch, the guy who spoke, um, he, you know, wanted to, you know, talk, and wanted to speak out on it. And I, you know, and I, he had some strong opinions about the situation. Um, and also was very transparent about the situation. I thought, you know, obviously it's, you know, I guess it's just what he told us. So we could just say that, but also I do think he was being um, straight up with me. The specific word that he used in the interview was blindsided. He said that himself and the other frat and sorority presidents were blindsided. Would you guys agree with that comment? Do you believe that they weren't given enough time? It's, kind of obvious that they seem to be taking the fall that yes, they were breaking um, quarantine protocol and they were having too many people at their residencies. What about the fact that they claim to not have been given enough time of warning before their entire frats were shut down? Do you think they were given enough time? Um, I think that's hard to speak to. I mean, I sometimes I like to read um, what people, you know, comment and like retweet or quote tweet with. One person said, like, something about knowing before you know. How, with any of anything in the pandemic, how do you put a, an appropriate time of warning on anything? I mean, it's a crazy time. I guess it was just when the health department figured out that's what they needed to do. Um, I don't know. I don't think I necessarily have an opinion on it. I think... Mm. I think being in that situation where your entire house is put under quarantine, like that 
that's not fun, you know, but I don't know if I would have an opinion on that just because I don't think that you can really know something until you know something and need to do something about it. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. You know, I, I think that they, yeah, I mean, blindsided. Okay. But I mean, people, you know, at the end of the day, you got a roof over your head. I don't know. You know, like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you're going to be fine. You're a young, healthy individual. If you get it, more than likely, well, I, you know, I mean, you maybe he'll be okay. Probably, I guess. But if you're breaking any sort of rules or if you're maybe doing some things that are riding the line, you know, having a lot of people, maybe it's only 10 inside. I mean, that makes some people still uncomfortable, even though that's what the laws mandate. Um, some people feel like that's even pushing it. And, you know, I mean, you got to expect at some point that something might come down on you since you're an organization that is based around living in a house. And, you know, and I guess, you know, getting quarantined in your house is the opposite of what the reason you, it's the opposite of fun. It's not why you live in the house is to get stuck in it all the time, I guess. Right. Um, so I just thought that, you know, blindsided. Yeah. Given it up. Yeah, sure. But mm-hmm. given enough time, I don't really know, you know, that's not for me to say, I guess, but also at the same time, I mean, they were probably all just sitting inside their house anyway when they found out. So it's not like they had to rush to leave the country or something, I guess, right? Yeah, we're all really honestly being blindsided right now. Right. right? There's apartment complexes with the same number of people that aren't as close to one another as they would be in a fraternity that are also being closed down at the same time. Like, it's right. we're in the time of being blindsided. So I think to... I guess it's my own opinion leaking through, but to say that this blindsided or this neglect of information targets frats is just a little, a, a bit of a reach. You know, I told a couple people that's what he said. And, you know, when, I mean, when people read the story, I read, I looked at the quote tweets, I looked at the replies and people don't agree with that statement. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I think if that's the way they felt, that's the way they felt. Do I think it's warranted? You know, I'm not necessarily sure about that. Well, the story's been out for some time now. Have you guys, following its publication, learned any more information about what's occurring? Like, what have you heard since publishing the story, if anything? So one of our coworkers told our editor that they might do a moratorium, the social moratorium revote. Um, I haven't gotten any word back on that. I tried to chase the tip and figure it out, um, but... I don't have anything on that so far. This is the moratorium vote that they had previously and whether or not they should just stop all social events. Okay. Right. The the one that 11 fraternities voted no to, and then the mayor posted all of them. Mm. Uh, Do you know if Mr. Welch's fraternity voted yes or no within that vote? Um, I can can bring that up for you in just a second. Yeah, Yeah, Welch was in. He's the president of Theta Chi. Theta Chi. Yeah, I made a data set of this, so just give me one second. No problem. Is it in Excel? Yeah. (laughs) That's when we're professional. Theta Chi voted yes to the moratorium, so they voted in favor of stopping parties. Well, that's honorable. Right. Yeah, I I would be a lot less trusting if he voted no and then came out and said this. The fact that it seems like he was part of an effort to make a precaution. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing yeah. is, I mean, you even see it living in an apartment with multiple people. You can't control what everyone does inside of where you live. Just because your house got put under quarantine doesn't mean that you yourself, when we interview you, weren't trying to do the right thing. 
and yeah. to put on a mask and to stay socially distanced. I mean, was- in a huge group of people like that, you can't force everyone. I mean, we see it, we've seen it in East Lansing. We've had a huge exponential growth, they're calling it. Um, that's, you can't control everyone. Yeah. And that's the, you know, and that's the thing too, you know, it's like, there's really no perfect, especially when you're living in a house with say 30, 30, you know, 30 people. Um, I mean, how do you control the directions of all those people? I mean, the social environment of college doesn't necessarily bode well to preventing the spread of COVID, you know, how social groups interchange so much in college, you know, cross paths, all these things, you know, because people are involved in so many different things in college, those social groups change very fluidly. And that, right. I think that environment doesn't really, you know, bode well to, you know, I mean, because you just, like she said, you, you can't control people. And who's to say that they, the outbreak in their house started because they had a party? You know, mm-hmm. you go to Kroger on a bad day, you touch <laughs> something, you itch your eye, you know, I mean, who knows? You weren't wearing a mask at the right time. I mean, who's to say it's just because somebody partied? I mean, yeah. that's probably yeah. more likely, but I mean, <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> Yeah, and I think we're all, we all sort of, it's easy to fall victim to the anti-Greek life stereotype of like Neanderthalic dudes and like ripped up tank tops. But I mean, there's some of our best students are in Greek life. You know what I mean? Like right. we can't imagine them as like a Zac Efron movie. We need to imagine them as individuals right. and fellow students. And if anything, they're probably more nervous because they're one of the only residential places on campus were they have to break the 10 person rule of indoors. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have 25 plus people living in there. I'm sure more than half of them have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend that they're seeing regularly. Like some of them are being very, very honorable. And I think we should, we should recognize that. I mean, no, I think you make a good point. It's easy to fall into that. Um, you know, cause I mean, when you look at there's some fraternities and sororities who haven't been put on the list, some who have been taken off too, you know? So in some respects, I think that places are trying to do the right thing, but, you can't control if someone in your house just gets COVID and then spreads it to 30 other people who share the same space. And the only difference between regular everyday students and the fraternity members is the living situation. Like they're at such a higher risk. And I mean, maybe it's not the best environment to like control the amount of people that you're around. But like, if you go out and hang out with a bunch of friends and you weren't supposed to, nobody's going to report on it because you're not affiliated with something that people are, you know, keeping an eye on, unfortunately. And so unfortunately they are thrust into the spotlight and I'm sure that that can be hard, but at the same time, it's newsworthiness. I don't know if you want to keep that in, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's keep it. That's the new slogan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that about covers everything. Uh, thank you guys so much for being on. I really enjoyed having this discussion with you too. There's so many articles bouncing around in the state news about this topic and to be able to have two people that are working on it here giving a synthesis of everything that's going on is really wonderful. So thanks again, guys, for being on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Like what you've heard? The state news has podcasts being published every week. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts for more content.